Well, good morning, Marberly. It's great to see you. Welcome to the first day of spring. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? God bless. Thank God for the things he has done. We're continuing our study of the gospel according to Mark, the remarkable power of Jesus. So open your Bibles or access your device to Mark chapter 2, verse 23. And the title of the message today is Sabbath, or as they say in Hebrew, Shabbat. Enjoy the rest of your life. I heard a funny story about a lady who, when her husband died, she thought they were pretty well off financially, so she uh, paid a lot of money for a nice casket, nice grave, and even a big tombstone that said, rest in peace. Well, when they began to settle all his debts, they found out that he was very much in debt and had, made some gambl- had some gambling losses, and she had hardly any money. So she was angry. But she took the little money she had left and added three words to the tombstone. So now the tombstone said, rest in peace until I come. (laughs) Well, it takes more than a headstone that says rest in peace. You can find the rest of Jesus, the Shabbat that Jesus offers. Now, we're in a section in Mark where these religious leaders, I call them the religious mafia, are following Jesus around, trying to make him trip up, make, try to make him make a mistake, asking him a lot of tough questions. And so let's pick up here in Mark chapter 2, verse 23. You're welcome to stand with me as we read this portion of God's Word. On the Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to make their way picking some heads of grain. They would sort of rub the grain between their hands and the husk would fall off and they would eat it, which was illegal on the Sabbath. The Pharisee said to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, have you never read what David and those that were with him did when, they were, when he was hungry and in need, how he entered the house of God at the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread at the presence? which is not lawful for anyone to eat except for the priest, and also gave some to his companions. Then he told them, and here's the principle, the Sabbath, the Shabbat, was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So then the Son of Man, that's Jesus, is Lord even of the Sabbath. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'll teach us today what the true Sabbath means in terms of salvation But then also, Lord, teach us the importance of having a good rhythm of of work and rest. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Be seated. Well, there are plenty of reasons for people to be stressed out these days. Uh, We were hopefully passing out of COVID, uh, but now gas prices are higher than they've ever been in a while, and inflation is up, and of course, a war in Ukraine. And so people are so stressed out. I read this the other day about our culture. This is the age of the half-read page, a quick hash and a mad dash, the bright nights and the nerves tight, the plane hop and the brief stop, the lamp tan and a short span, the big shot and a soft spot, the brain strain and the heart pain, the cat naps till the spring snaps, then the fun's done. That describes our fast-paced culture. Today, we're going to learn a little bit about what the Sabbath really is. And, you know, a Sabbath is still important to the Jewish people. We were just in Israel 
a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, and every hotel in Israel has a, what's called a Shabbat elevator. See, the, the rabbis have determined that by pushing a button, you're completing an electrical circuit, which is igniting the, a fire, which is illegal on the Sabbath. So all these fancy, nice hotels, they have at least one Shabbat elevator that all it does for 24 hours from sundown on Friday night to sundown on Saturday night, it goes up one floor, opens, the buttons don't work. You can push on them all you want to, but they don't work. It goes up one floor, stops, the door's open, stays open for a while, closes, goes to the next floor, closes, opens. It, it does that. It cycles that way through 24 hours. We tell our travelers, don't get caught on a Shabbat elevator. You can, you can lose hours of time if you get on a Shabbat elevator because you're trying to keep push the buttons and they don't work. So even in Israel today, Shabbat, Sabbath, is very important to them. Of course, in Jesus' time, uh, they had so many rules and regulations about the Sabbath. And part of it was you couldn't, you couldn't harvest food on the, sh- on the Sabbath. And so when the disciples just walked through and rubbed some of that grain together, there were, there were those religious mafia guys ready to hop on Jesus and accuse him of having them break the Sabbath. And he's going to teach us some things about the Sabbath. Now, as a pastor for over 45 years, I've had so many questions about, Pastor, why don't we obey the fourth commandment? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Why don't we observe Saturday as the Sabbath? Or when did the Sabbath change to Sunday to become the Christians? All these questions I've been asked, and hopefully in this message, I'll be able to answer some of those questions. So I want to say four things about the Sabbath. Two of them are corrective. And then two of them, the final two, are more personal application. Okay? Number one, Christians are not required to follow the Jewish Sabbath. We are under no obligation to obey the Sabbath regulations of the Old Testament. Now, I say that because you probably know some Christians like I do who call themselves Christians who worship on Saturday, Seventh-day Adventist. And over in Tyler, there's a group called the Sabbatarians. It's a group of evangelical Christians who meet on the Sabbath. They also observe much of the kosher diet, meaning they're not going to eat pork. They're not going to eat catfish, not going to eat shellfish. uh, And they also observe some of the Jewish festivals. Now, for some reason, they think that they should be doing that. But the Bible is clear that for us, that's part of the Old Testament law that Jesus took out of the way. In fact, I have even been told by some of these Seventh-day Adventists, said, you folks that worship on Sunday, what you're actually doing, Sunday worship is the mark of the beast. And so they think that we're really, really off for gathering on a Sunday instead of a Saturday. Well, if somebody ever gives you a hard time about that, just take your Bible, open it to to Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, and you read them this passage. He, that is Jesus, erased the certificate of debt. That means all those Old Testament written regulations with his obligations that was against us and opposed to it. And he has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. In other words, he didn't just take it away. He nailed it to the cross. Therefore, very important, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink or in a matter of a festival or a new moon, or a Sabbath day, these are a shadow of what was to come, and the substance 
is Christ. And remember that all these Old Testament rules and regulations, they're just a shadow. And the thing that was to come was Christ. Christ is the substance. The rules are the shadows. Now, when I was growing up, we had a dog that wasn't completely, you know, mentally correct all the time, a little crazy. And he would often chase the shadow of a bird flying in the sky. He'd chase the shadow on the ground. So there's a lot of people today that are still chasing after shadows, trying to obey a bunch of rules and regulations of the Old Testament that we as Christians are not obligated to obey. All right, that's number one. Number two, Sunday is not the Christian Sabbath. Now, some people think, well, okay, well, we don't worship on Saturday because now Sunday is a Christian Sabbath. And I, I grew up in a town where most stores were closed on, on Sunday because it was the Sabbath. I can remember hearing hundreds of times uh, some sweet deacon in our church pray on a Sunday morning, Lord, thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day. And, and in my house, we were so strict that the kids, we could not read the funny papers until after church on Sunday. Why? Because it was the Sabbath day. So we had to just wait till after lunch before we could even read the funny papers. Now, is that true? Should stores be closed on Sunday? Uh, and should you not read the funny papers till Sunday afternoon? Where do you get this idea? Because some people have the idea that Sunday became the Christian Sabbath. Where did that come from? Let me give you a little history lesson. For the first 300 years of the Christian church, Christians were terribly persecuted. Thousands of them were killed because of their faith in Jesus. But something happened in the year 313. The Roman emperor Constantine became a Christian under the influence of his mother, Helena. She's called St. Helen. And so he made a decree in 313 A.D., the Edict of Constantine, where he not only legalized Christianity, he mandated Christianity as the official religion of the Roman Empire. Now, some people look at that and say, well, he Christianized paganism. But when you dig a little deeper, what he actually did was he paganized Christianity because he married a bunch of pagan ideas and concepts in with the Bible. And so it was in the year uh, 321 AD when Roman Emperor Constantine made this edict on the venerable day of the sun that's Sunday let the magistrates and people residing in cities rest and let all the workshops be closed so who turned Sunday into the Sabbath well Constantine is the first one to blame because he's the one that closed all the stores on Sunday told everybody to rest, treated it like a Jewish Sabbath. Then about 16, well, the Roman Catholic, that, that church in Rome spread out and became the Roman Catholic Church, became the Holy Roman Empire and influenced much of what we would call Europe today. But about 1600 years after that, there was the Protestant Reformation. And, and this Reformation happened when some of these Catholic bishops and priests started reading the Bible and comparing it to the behavior of the belief of the church, and they say, these don't match up. So they protested against the Catholic Church. And this Protestant Reformation had five solas only, solas. Here they were. They said, sola scriptura, only the scripture, not church tradition. Sola gratia, grace 
only, not the actions of the church. Sola fide, faith alone. Solus Christus, which means Christ alone. Sola Deo Gloria, meaning may God above all receive glory. But they left out a couple of solas. They didn't go far enough. They didn't do away with infant baptism. They kept that from the Catholic Church. I will hand, hand this to Martin Luther. Martin Luther did in the Lutheran Church understand that baptism means to dunk. So they started dunking the babies t totally when they baptized them instead of sprinkling them. And they didn't change the idea of Sunday being the Sabbath. In fact, later when the Anglican Church came together to, to write what is called the Westminster Confession in 1643, this is what they put down. And this is why a lot of people in America uh, believe that Sunday is a Sabbath. God hath particularly appointed one day in seven for a Sabbath to be kept holy unto him which from the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ was the last day of the week, meaning Saturday, and from the resurrection of Christ was changed into the first day of the week, which in Scripture is called the Lord's Day, and Sunday is to be continued to the end of the world as the Christian Sabbath. That's what the Westminster Confession says. Folks, that's not the Bible, okay? That's just a, a confession written by a bunch of preachers, okay? Nowhere in the Bible ever do you find that the Bible says that Sunday became the Christian Sabbath, okay? It, and Christians gathered and worshiped on the Lord's Day, which was the first day of week. But you know this? They didn't gather on Sunday mornings because Sunday was a work day. They gathered most of the time on Sunday evening. Now, depending on whether you're doing Roman time, which kept time like we do, or most of them are still on Jewish time, which means a new day started at the sunset. For instance, look at Acts chapter 20, verse 7. The first believers usually gathered to worship on a Sunday evening. It says in Acts 27, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul, this is the apostle Paul, Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking till midnight. Now, you know for certain he didn't start at 11 a.m., right? He didn't start at 11 a.m. He was going to keep talking to midnight. He started after dark on that first day of the week. We would call it uh, Saturday night, Sunday for them, then started with a sunset. And, oh, by the way, if you keep reading in Acts chapter 20, he preached for so long. There was this young man named Eutychus who was sitting in a window. Bad news was it was three floors off the ground. He fell asleep and fell out and died on the street below. So if any of you have ever fallen asleep during a long, boring sermon, you're, that happened right here in the Bible. Paul had to go down and restore him to life. But see, that's, that's when they would worship. So the idea of us having some kind of special Sabbath day on Sunday, that is not in the Bible. It's kind of part of our American tradition. You say, where did the, the idea of the blue laws come from? Well... Many of the Puritans who came over to the New World, they, they believed this Westminster uh, Confession. And they wrote down all the Sunday closing laws on blue paper. So that's why we call these blue laws even to this day. I, my uh, grandmother, bless her heart, she's in heaven now. 
She outlived two husbands, and then she married a third one. And this third husband was a Christian Adventist preacher, not Seventh-day Adventist, but Christian Adventist. So he did, I believe Sunday was the Sabbath, not Saturday. And he was a sweet guy. We, we really loved him a lot. Uh, and, and, and when I was pastoring a little church in central Alabama, my grandmother and Papa Jack came to hear me preach. And so they were so proud of me, and I, I enjoyed seeing them. And so after church, we went to Cindy's folks' house. Uh, they lived near a little town called Wetumpka. And her, Cindy's dad always planted a huge vegetable garden. And so we walked out that afternoon, and I mean the tomatoes were just ripe big red shining on the vines there and papa jack he loved him some good tomatoes so he said wow those are good looking tomatoes and jr that's cindy's dad said well hey go ahead and pick some and papa jack said oh but i can't i can't pick a tomato on sunday it's against his rules i mean it was a sabbath to them he couldn't work on the sabbath and so jr said well can you can you point them out and I saw the moral dilemma going around in his head. Okay, now I know I can't pick it, but can I point them out? And he came to the decision, yeah, I think I can point them out. So he said, I'll, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. He, he picked about a, a basket full, and Jr. picked them for him. So he didn't break the, the Sabbath rules, but he did point them out. But the truth we need to remember, folks, is that we're not to observe the Jewish Sabbath rules, and Sunday is not the Christian Sabbath, okay? And it never changed to that, okay? So what we're going to learn on the next two points is what is the true meaning and the reason we have a Sabbath in the Bible? So here's point number three. I told you this is the practical application. By resting in Jesus' finished work for salvation... We fulfill God's Sabbath. Now, the Jews had to perform rules and obey laws to be right before God. And if you go out into the streets of East Texas and you ask people today, how do you get to heaven? You know what? They're going to say the same thing. They're going to say you need to be good or do good. Most people think there's a set of scales in heaven and all the bad things you've done in your life is on one side of the scale and all the good things you've done are on the other side of the scale. And if, if, you, if what you've done is more good than bad, you go to heaven. But no, more bad than good, you go to hell. And most people think they've done a lot more good than they have bad. That's what a lot of people believe today. But the Bible says it's not by works of righteousness which we've been saved, but it's, it's through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. In fact, look at Hebrews 4.9. Therefore, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. Now, this is New Testament. This is not talking about a day of the week. There is a Sabbath rest for God's people. For the person who has entered his rest, meaning God's rest, has rested from his own works, just as God did from his the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, it is for by grace you have been saved through faith. And then what does it say? Not of works, lest any man could boast. If there was anything you could do to earn heaven, it wouldn't be grace. 
If you stood before God and he said, why should I let you into heaven? You said, because I was a good boy, good girl. Nope, wrong answer. Because I was baptized, wrong answer. Because I had perfect attendance at church, wrong answer. Because I gave a lot of money for good causes, wrong answer. The only answer, why should I let you into heaven, is because I have placed my faith in Jesus Christ and the finished work that he performed on the cross. Because when Jesus hung on the cross and he yelled these words, Tetelestai, it is finished. What he was saying was the act of salvation, the act of redemption has been completed. I've done everything that needs to be done for salvation. And all we need to do, brothers and sisters, is rest in the finished work of Jesus. Years ago, I learned a little poem that said, I cannot work my soul to save that work my Lord has done, but I will work like any slave for the love of God's dear son. So we don't work for salvation. We work from salvation, right? We work because we have been saved. And so I'm resting today. I'm resting today in the finished work of Jesus Christ. So now let's settle it once and for all. Which day is the Sabbath day? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Every day that you're resting in the finished work of Christ is the Sabbath day. That's, what, that's the Sabbath rest that God promised. But then there's another practical application that I want to share with you about the Sabbath. And number four, we should practice a healthy rhythm of work and rest. See, there's a reason God worked for six days to create the heavens and the earth, and then he rested. He was trying to give us an example. You know, my wife and I love to study uh, art of all kinds, all periods, and uh, we, we've been to the Musée d'Orsay in uh, Paris and seen the uh, picture by Vincent Van Gogh of noon rest. Did you know that Vincent Van Gogh really felt called to be a pastor. He really did. He felt called to the ministry. He actually ministered in Belgium to some miners there. But when he applied to the Dutch Reformed Church for ordination, they turned him down because they didn't think he was holy enough. And so he struggled with this for all the rest of his life. And he gave up on the church, but he never gave up on God. And of course, as you know, he died penniless in his Pictures never were worth, paintings never were worth anything till after he died. But one of my favorites is something that's called Noon Rest. And it's a picture where you see, um, uh, this is during the daytime, a husband and a wife, after they have been working hard to stack up these hay bales, they're taking a noon rest. I think that's a beautiful picture to show us the importance of working hard, stack up that hay, bale the hay, get it all ready. But then you also need to have some rest. The problem with Americans is that the Americans are some of the hardest working people in the world. And we don't rest that much. Uh, I, was, I read one time that, that in any calendar year, there's about a billion vacation days that are left unused that American workers don't take. I know a few years ago, my wife and I were in Australia 
And we were just amazed at how friendly and laid back the Aussies were. Good I might. I mean, they're just so friendly. They just come up and talk to you. Come to find out, they're required to take six weeks vacation every year. They're required to take it. I mean, it's not an option. They're required to take it. So, you know, maybe they've learned something we haven't. Americans work so hard, work so hard, work so hard. But God was trying to teach us a lesson in Genesis. Look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. You think God was tired? You think after six days, God said, oh, I'm so tired. I got to sit out here in this divine lazy boy recliner, you know, for a while. Of course not. God doesn't get tired. He's all powerful. So, so why did he do that? Well, first of all, do you think he needed six days to create the heavens and the earth? No. He could have done it in six nanoseconds. He, he could have done it in point one millionth nanosecond. He was trying to teach us something about six days of work and one day of rest. And there's a healthy rhythm that you need to get into in your life. Yeah, work hard six days, but take some time to rest. Now, there are two uh, businesses in America that are closed on Sunday, and we're proud of all, both of them, Hobby Lobby, Chick-fil-A. But if you look at the founders, David Grain and Truett Cathy, they say it's not for religious reasons. It's not for, like, thinking Sunday's the Sabbath. They state on their websites they do this because they want their workers to have at least one day a week where they can either worship or spend time with their family. They just, they just don't think it's healthy for a business to be open seven days a week. And God is setting us a good example here. So why, the reason God created the heavens and the earth, people always want to ask, well, there was a, six literal days or or is this a scientific explanation of the creation? No. Genesis 1 is not about how God created the heavens and the earth. It's more important than that. It's about why God created the heavens and the earth. And you know why he did? He created it so he could have a relationship with this creation. Because he formed a man. And he looked down and he saw that that man was all alone. And he said, it's not good for a man to be alone. And that is a principle of God that is true to this day. So he said, Adam, you know, you've got a spare rib. I'm going to make it into a prime rib. <laughs> and he made Eve. And then what did the Lord do? The Lord would fellowship with Adam and Eve. They had a perfect relationship. They would walk in the cool of the evening in the garden but, of course, sin destroyed that relationship. But the reason God created you and the reason he created me, he wants to have a relationship with us. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. And so Sabbath, Shabbat, is all about really rest for your body. But you know what? Sometimes we need more than just rest for our body. We need rest for our souls. And that's what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you Shabbat. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly 
and humble in heart, and you will find Shabbat for your souls. How's your soul today? Is your soul at rest today? Do you have inner peace? Do you have inner tranquility? Only Jesus can give you that. I heard a story about a guy that was walking along on a dark and stormy night. And it was, he was beside a cliff and he stumbled and he fell off the cliff. Then as, as he was falling, he grabbed for anything he could reach. And he, he, hang, he, he was hanging onto a root that was sticking out from the side of the cliff. Terribly dark, but he could hear the water hitting the rocks below. And he said, help, is anybody up there? And God said, I'm here, let go. He said, anybody else up there? It's God, let go. You got any other ideas? <laughs> Just let go, trust me. He kept straining and holding on so tight. Finally, he decided, I just can't hang on any longer. And so he, he let go and he dropped six inches to the pathway that was just right there before, below his feet that he couldn't see in the dark. That's why God says, trust me. Let go and let God. If you're ever in a situation like that, you just know you can trust God. You can let go, and there'll be something there to catch you, or God will teach you how to fly. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the rest that we have in Jesus. Thank you not only for the physical rest that we have that you give us, but thank you, Lord, for the rest for our souls that you can give us through Jesus. And Lord, if there's anybody in this room that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior or anyone who's watching on live stream, I pray this would be the day that they place their lives in your hands. And if you're here or watching and you'd like to pray a prayer to receive Jesus as your Savior, you can just repeat this prayer after me. You can pray it silently, but mean it from your heart. Dear God, I admit that I am a sinner. I will never be good enough to earn heaven. Right now, I turn from my sins and I place my faith in you. Jesus, come into my life and take control. I surrender all I have and all I am to you. I will live for you forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.